Welcome to Anti-Racism for Lunch, where I, Sandra, a Black woman, and I, Kat, a white woman, have real dialogue about race where we are taking a bite out of racism one conversation at a time. So grab your lunch, sit back, and join our conversation. Welcome to Anti-Racism for Lunch. Today we're sitting around talking about getting pulled over by the police and how our experiences differ. The question, what has been your experience or experiences in getting pulled over by the police and how are they different? And we're having this conversation on the heels of Patrick Leoya being shot and killed by a Grand Rapids police officer on April 4th. Um, interestingly, I, I wanted to make sure that I was pronouncing his last name correctly, so I went on on the Google to check before our conversation and pulled up a news story from WZZM 13, I think out of Grand Rapids. And the story um, was about the case of the Leoya death, I think is how it was framed. But they interviewed um, a police officer and a Michigan State police inspector, investigator, and they named all the police officers the white police officers and even Attorney General Dana Nessel, but they never actually said out loud Patrick Leoya's name. Um, they kept referring it to it to it in the story as the case, this case, the case, which was um, it was notable as I was listening to it that all the white officers were named and that the man who had been killed. Um, was left unnamed and has it was just called a case. Um, so, but the question, what has my experience been? This is, um, you know, our conversation today is framed by this recent killing in Grand Rapids. And um, <laughs> it's present for me because my son was pulled over um, just two days ago. And, um, and I have a white son and a brown son and it was my brown son who was pulled over he was in the car with a friend and you know he we we have a taillight out on the car you know the taillight's been out before it was just in for repair and like a week after we got it back the the light went out again <sighs> it's like some electrical issue now compounded with this we had this messy insurance issue with the cars recently and so I found out literally like calling to remove a car because my aunt's car has sold it. So I was removing it from our insurance and they told me, oh, you don't have a policy. I'm like, what? The total sidebar. <laughs> um, hadn't been, they hadn't, I hadn't gotten the cancellation notice. So we've been driving around uninsured. I couldn't believe it. So I scrambled, I spent four hours on the phone getting all the cars reinsured, you know, we had two. And, um, and got the temporary, you know, proof of insurance and told everybody you're not allowed to drive until we have insurance. Um, so anyway, so, so he's driving home from work and gets pulled over. And of course, proof of insurance comes up. And he didn't have written proof of insurance. And the police officer had to run the plate and it had come up as uninsured. So that was like another layer too. Mm -hmm. So he's sitting in the car and he's like sitting in the car with his white friend and telling him, you know, what to do and what not to do. Put your hands out. Don't reach into your pocket. I and mean, he's very, um, he, he did everything he knew what to do. And he was very calm and he didn't reach and he told his friend what to do. 
um, so he came home and told me this and of course it, we were on the phone because I had to get the insurance and proof of insurance and we had to like t send a picture of it to his phone and okay. all that jazz um, but it was really present for me um, in that moment as a parent um, really really present for me and it made me think about all the times when I'd heard of um, of someone getting pulled over or someone being shot or any number of times and um, you know I remember a time when it was a case when I when I thought of it as a case like I was disconnected from it it wasn't me it wasn't my family it wasn't someone I loved it was a case and I remember that feeling of oh that's sad you know this kind of disconnected oh that's sad but it's not me or I don't know what really happened so I can't really say what really happened um, it's that that disconnection from it mm -hmm. and um, I think for the last maybe 10 years maybe starting with Trayvon Martin maybe before that I started having more of an emotional connection when I heard of something like this happening um, and feeling it you know like I know mm -hmm. you're looking at me like <laughs> of course I know what you're talking about I felt this my whole life but for as a white woman I didn't feel that my whole life it felt disconnected at, at certain points in my life and it was only at a certain place where there I recognized a turning point where I felt like an emotional tug to what had happened like I could feel it um, like it made me sad it made me it made me sad it wasn't a case it was it was sad it was horrific it was awful horrible it shouldn't happen and it was it made me angry that it could happen and you know all mm. all of those things yeah but it wasn't always like that for me yeah so um when we talk about our experiences about getting pulled over i think about them i have a few stories but myself being pulled over versus i keep saying a kid but they're all adults or a, a son being pulled over are two very different experiences so had my experiences with being pulled over, like even in, here in Ferndale, like there have been times where I've been followed. You know, they were on the plate. The car is in my name. I'm insured. Um, literally followed to my driveway. Like, you know that they're following you. You can tell by the behavior. And it's like, really? Like, I'm not speeding. You know who I am. Do you have an issue? Like, just say you have an issue. Like, and even, so for me, even knowing like everything I'm doing is up to par. I'm not speeding. I'm insured. You know, everything's on the up and up. I can't tell you that I don't get stressed. So if the speed limit is 25, I'm instantly down to 20. Like it, it, it doesn't everybody like slow down like 10 like, below the speed limit. What is happening here? And then am I going too slow now? Um, <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think of the last time I was pulled over um, at work. In Westland, I think, yeah, Westland, Wayne, Westland, um, going to get lunch and literally made a turn. The turn was legal, but the speed limit on the street was 25 and I was doing 27. So, yeah, I had to. <laughs> and you got pulled over. Oh, I got pulled over. I mean, literally. What did they tell you you were pulled over for? I was speeding. 27. Is that what they said you were doing? Um... I think he tried to ticket me for five over. I have to look at the ticket. I've never gotten even 
nothing. I think for five over. I think he wrote the ticket for five over. Wrote a ticket. Uh huh. No, I got a ticket. It was like one hundred and eighty bucks. I fought it, but um, I know I was not going five over. Literally coming off of a stop, it was not. It was not far enough from the corner to be going five over. Two over, I can buy. Five over, no. Um, but yeah, it was nerve wracking. He was like, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" You know, they ask you this question. It's like, even if I did know why you pulled me over, I'm not telling you. Like, no, I don't know why you pulled me over. He's like, "You were going five over." Like. A coworker was also going to lunch um, and she drove past me. So when I got back, she was like, so did you get a ticket? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, you didn't know that that's where they like they hide on that street. That street's a dead end. She was like, what'd you get a ticket for? Because you are, you literally were pulled over at the corner. I'm like, oh, speeding. She's like, no way. I'm like, yeah, you from the stop sign to the corner, you were speeding. I'm like, uh, that's what they said. Um, was your coworker white? Yes. So she was like, oh, you definitely should fight it. Like, they know that's a, everyone knows that that's a speed trap. You didn't know because you don't typically, it's, it's further away. Like, it's not in my travel path to work. So she was like, yeah, you would just fight it. Like, they won't, they're not going to argue it. I did. I still had to pay, I don't know, 100 bucks, but it's not points and not speeding. Um, But then... When I think about just in, not even in just today's climate, so like the oldest is 28, so he's been driving 12 years. It is, it's, yeah, it's rough when they get pulled over. So, you know, they all have gone through the talk and we go through the talk multiple times. Um, but he is, he is a parent and I can think about the most recent time he got pulled over. Um, he's also a dad. So we had the baby and he was picking her up and he was headed home and he lives in East Point. So he drives eight mile home from Ferndale and he hadn't been gone, but maybe 10 minutes. So he couldn't have been far. So I answered the phone and he's like, I just got pulled over. Like, he's like, I'm on, the car's on speakerphone. The police has not even gotten to the car yet. I just got pulled over. He like gave his location. He was in Hazel Park, Hazel Park. Warren borderline and he's like and the and Harper you know Harper's in the car and I'm like okay and he's like can you just come and like you know you I don't even think I had shoes on like we like just went out the door and like headed to towards where they were pulled he was over nervous. he was he was freaked and then when we got there he got a ticket for he was speeding he got a ticket for speeding but um it was on the heels of one of the other like police shootings and I'm trying to think of when it where it was but it was in the past year and so it's we did terrifying right yeah. now it's just terrible well, maybe it always has been but maybe more so with the increase in public I th- I think for them like for the for the boys I think it's a more real for them now like before it was just mom giving a speech about all the crap that typically happens and to be aware and I think by the climate of today and the the availability, the readily available videos of all that, all the things that have been talked about, I think it makes it more real for them. It's horrifying. And so if good or bad, I'm not really sure, but it does put them on edge. Like Am it puts I going to be this person? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, horrifying. I mean, he is the one, he's the, I think he might be the only one that's been, nah. There's another one that's been pulled over. He's a bit of a spitfire. He he's got a lot of mouth. 
It's How's like, that for you? Um, it makes me nervous. I mean, it I makes know me how nervous. I felt. <laughs> it makes me nervous because um, he's probably the one that's more likely to be to ch- not not just he's the one that would challenge authority and like he is mm-hmm. probably the most ethical, most rule follower, most compassionate kid. But he is also the one like this is bullshit. Like right. And and he will push. I he one hundred percent will push. He probably makes me more nervous being behind the wheel of the car than the other four. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So so if you if you fight back or if you say this isn't fair or any kind of like self defense, really, it puts you at greater risk. Even even if it's not a fight back, even if it's just like <clears throat> this isn't fair. Yeah. Even if it's just questioning, you don't know what, like, you don't know what's in that police officer's head. If it's a bad day, if it's a good day, it's a, yeah. And, and, and the, the Spitfire kid that's driving, he's also the biggest of the two, right? So it's like the biggest of the five. It's like, you're the biggest and you're the lippiest and you make me nervous. So like when he goes on long drives, he knows he's like, he calls, he's like, this is where I'm going. And then he calls, he's like, I'm here. Like. I don't ask for much, but you got to tell me when you're leaving and where you're going. Yeah. Because I need to know that you have arrived safely. He's like, you don't make everyone else do this. I'm like, yeah, I would prefer that everyone do it. But for you and your driving, I need to know. Like, I just need to know. In your case, when you were pulled over, your um, white colleague said, well, that's a, that's a speed trap. <laughs> yeah. Um, did they recognize, like, the racial profiling aspect of the they situation? Didn't... So she didn't acknowledge it. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty common for white people to say, oh, that's because of this. Uh, and she didn't acknowledge that. But when I, so I was at work when I had to leave to go to the court um, to like fight the ticket um, and told my supervisor and his response was like, not you too. Like, what does that mean? He's like, oh, in the past two weeks, it's been so-and-so, 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 and so-and-so. He listed like, I don't know, five people. Of the five people, only one was not was not black. The other uh, four of us were all black. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we should carpool to the court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All called by the same police officer, all at the exact same corner. All, everyone has the, had the exact same ticket. Wow. 27. One, one guy had 28. He had 28 over. He, he, was, wow. he said he was a little further along on the... He was a little further along when he got pulled over, so... But everyone else was like... Coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> everyone else was like, yeah, no, I was like... When I think about it, like, I know I was at the corner, like, when I got pulled over. I'm like, yeah, there's a stop sign. You have to pull off from the stop sign, cross the street, yeah, then get pulled over, so... No, no one directly said, like... It was racial profiling. So we have like a situation where someone had a taillight out, a situation where someone was going too over, a situation where someone was maybe speeding. Um, So far. Oh, I got pulled over in Bloomfield. That was great. It was my second week of work in Bloomfield. Uh Uh-huh. Not speeding, nothing. The only thing was I have, at that time, I had a really old car. And um, did it. I actually pulled into the parking lot of work and had parked and turned the car off uh-huh. 
before he turned his lights on. Oh, wow. So I hadn't gotten out the car because I had saw him, uh-huh. but I had turned the car off. Wow. Were, were the keys in the ignition? I don't remember if I had the keys still in the ignition or not. Um, and so he came up. He was already behind me, but he parked so in a T formation. So I was parked. get out. And he was in a T. Um, he trapped you. <laughs> and so we turned the lights on, and I'm like, I've never been pulled over at work. Like, of all things, like, it was like my second week at work, and I'm pulled over. Nice. Um, so, you know, um, I, I work in education, so it's a school district, but I work in the administration building, which is nestled in a, like a residential area. But there are cameras in the parking lot. And so, you know, it's my second week and I working in Bloomfield Hills in the admin building at the time, I was one of two black people. Both right, I'm women. already thinking about like all the people that are seeing Sandra, black woman, getting pulled Brand over new. by the police. Oh, why is Sandra getting pulled over the, by, by the police? What's going on there? Did Sandra do something wrong? I mean, uh, so, like all those, I can hear the, yeah, the so echo chamber. Folks actually did come out. Like it was like, this is interesting. <laughs> right. Uh, well, this doesn't usually happen, but now that we've got Sandra here, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's like, it just was, it's under the surface. Yeah, he just thought I was, I can't remember the wording. He wasn't sure if I was lost because oh, I, I don't remember how he Mm-mm. said that. Like, it was basically like I was not in the right place. But uh-huh. because I, when he said, when I noticed him, I slowed down. I was like, uh, well, duh. yeah. And he's like, and you never, you never reached the speed limit again. And I'm like. Yeah, you were I behind you. <laughs> Hello. And that that isn't your natural reaction from other cars, or is it just me? It's like I I just wanted to make sure you got to where you were going. That's that's freaky. That's just downright oh, it, freaky. Yeah, that that was my favorite. I think of all of the. I feel things, like I've hear, heard that line verbatim in movies with the white cop intimidating the black driver. I think that was my. I think that was probably the most odd. Like one brand new at work, going? brand new at working at this place. Like already knowing, like yeah, it was the unspoken message. There is you don't belong oh, here. 100%. You're not supposed to be here, and I want to make sure you get back to where your people are and out of here. Yeah. So I haven't shared an experience of getting pulled over yet. So I have an experience to share, and um. The first time I ever got pulled over, I was like 16. I'd gotten my license. I had been speeding. I had friends in the car and we were totally speeding on Main Street. Three blocks from my house, cop. And my, every time, like I think before I was maybe 40, every time I'd get pulled over, my heart would race. I'd get like, the, you see the lights and I'm just like, ooh, fear strikes the heart. But, uh, and so this definitely happened at 16. <laughs> and um, pulled into my court. Um, I lived out in a suburb outside of Chicago and um, the lights were going and pulls me over and I didn't stop. I didn't see him right away because I was so busy chatting with my friends that he followed me all the way to my house. And so there I am pulled in front of my house with the lights going. It's like probably 10 or 11 o'clock at night, dark, and the neighbors all come out. And they start calling my mom. (laughs) And so pretty soon the whole neighborhood is out watching me get pulled over for speeding. So that was kind of um, 
interesting. But the one I wanted to, to share was um, really kind of contrasting all these other stories, and that's when I was in college. When I was in college, I went to a concert with some friends, um, and I went to school in Albion, and the, and the concert was in, it was like in Sparta, Michigan, which is like northern Michigan, rural, you know, and we were driving up. I don't think we spent the night up there, but we might have. I think we were driving up for the concert and then driving back. It was, I think it was a Melissa Etheridge concert. Anyway, I think I had three, three friends in the car, and um, it was winter, and we were driving, and I had a Tennessee to speed, <laughs> a bit of a lead foot, learned to drive in Chicago, so, you know. Anyway, I'm driving on these roads, and uh, I also was very, I used to drive back and forth between Albany and Chicago all the time, fast. So I had, I was always on the lookout for getting pulled over for speeding, and um and so I noticed, I, was, I had been speeding, and I saw, I saw I, the, the cop passed me going the other way. I'm like, damn it, he's totally going to nail me. And it had been snowing, and it was like a two-lane, both sides, boulevard kind of road. And I looked in my rearview mirror, and sure enough, I saw his brake lights. He was turning around. I knew it. So what? this is what I did in my youth. I decided it would be a smart thing to try and outrun him. <laughs> yes. I think I was like 21, 20, I was young. I decided I would outrun the cop. I, just thinking about this now, like blows my mind. So I sped up and booked down and took a side street and tried to do all this like wiggle around. Um, oh, he found me. It had been snowing, he followed my tracks. <laughs> and he told me this when he pulled me over. So he pulls me over and now I'm like really freaking out because <laughs> I should be, right? Yeah. Um, he pulls me over. He gets me out of the car. He brings me over to his car and he sits me in his front seat. So first of all, I don't think a police officer would ever put someone in their front seat unless they're like victim status, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not a controlled space mm -hmm. from a perpetrator. It's not a controlled space. I'm like in his front seat. And um, he, he proceeds to read me the riot act about what I did, and that was a really stupid move. And, um, you know, I could haul, he could haul me away to jail right now and should. But I remind him of his daughter. And so he's going to give me a break today. Didn't give me a ticket. Gave me a warning and let me go. I was speeding. And I tried to outrun a cop and this, so we talk a lot about like um, racial profiling and this is the reverse. This is like that white privilege piece. This is the preferential treatment because, well, I'm also a white woman and there's the whole white woman stuff. Oh, poor, mm. poor white lady in distress. Oh, she didn't know what she was doing. But it was really more about, oh, I'm going to give you a break. I mean, that was pretty serious. and. The, I don't think I thought of this at the time. It wasn't until later on in my life when I was doing, you know, one of those exercises. Think about your different experiences in life and, you know, and this wasn't even a racialized experience because it was all white people. But I was thinking about that experience. I'm like, oh my God, like what would have happened if I had been black? 
and just asking that question for a second just like blew up my head and um it just just um just really drove home like what that would have looked like if i had been black backup would have been called immediately maybe actually but i would have been like yanked out of the car turned over yeah. cuffed put in the back seat of the the police car probably no questions asked without a doubt without a doubt at a minimum but no out of the car come sit in my front seat while I lecture you. Which, honestly, you know, stupid teenager behavior happens all the time, right? And I might have been 19. I'm not sure how old I was. But stupid young adult behavior happens all the time. Um, but we don't treat it that way with everybody. It was yeah. stupid. It was really stupid. Yeah, no, it was really stupid. I know, you have. You want to comment. You're like I looking like I you have something. You like, do. I, I don't just... The only thing I have is wow, like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, yeah, I only have a wow for you. I don't, I don't have a comment because I'm like, oh, if that were my children, what would I do? I would, they wouldn't, I would, it would be bad because I would be like, what the hell were you thinking? Right. Right. Yeah, they would not be allowed to drive ever again in life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... But I guess I wouldn't know. If they got off, like you got off, I wouldn't know, right? They would just But continue. they wouldn't have. No, they wouldn't have. There's no that. way. Yeah. I was in rural Michigan. That alone. Yeah, no. Now, I don't, I don't know. I don't even like even as a black young woman like I went I went to I did go away to college for a bit like outside of Midland um it was privileged enough to view a KKK march by accident Where in Midland? Yeah, it was by accident. Mount Pleasant, Midland. How old were you? I was 18, 18 and pregnant. Um wow. I don't remember where we were like a bunch of us had left the campus and went to some park and it was late and it was dark and we were walking back and I was like that's odd and when we realized what it was I was like yeah we need to get the hell out of here um but I I, I yeah I don't know what I would have done if I were a friend in your car I'd be like what the hell is wrong with you like yeah like that's the other part. Sometimes you're not even the driver. Sometimes you're just like the You don't have control over the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm none of my friends had control. They were also like, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> in the back. <laughs> or the passenger. I don't they were probably just like so shocked. They were like, What what the hell? I, I would I will imagine I had a I, I will admit I had a wild child phase <laughs> in my life, but like a lot of people do. Okay. It just doesn't have consequences. This one didn't have the... I, I didn't even get a ticket. I got a literal slap on the wrist. Actually, I don't even think he slapped me on the wrist. <laughs> literally. But he did lecture me. I got lectured. That's all I got. I never did it again. But I got lectured. Yeah, no. 
So when I think about like situations like this, and I think about like just like the the minuscule little things that happen and how um, situations are treated differently, I think one of the things I think about. I do this a lot now in my head. It's kind of like this little game I play. It's like, what? How would this have gone down if I wasn't white? Or what would it be like if I wasn't white in this situation? Or what would it have been like if this person wasn't? Usually, it's about my own experience because I'm trying to imagine and to kind of like give myself a reality check for people of color. Like, what would this be like if I wasn't white? And um, doing that to that particular situation is, you know, that, that one's like really obvious and clear. But there's been other situations in my life, like this whole idea of like not having insurance. What would that have been like going for two months without insurance. They did not tell me. And it was expensive to get it put back in place. What if I didn't have the money to put it back into place? What if we'd gotten pulled over during that time? What if we got into an accident during that time? And I was, you know, I mean, all kinds of what ifs. And mm -hmm. how, how would that overlay if I was, you know, different? And it would be, it, you know, things would have gone very differently. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they would have. So I think like if I had to have a takeaway for white folks out of this, it would be, um, you know, a simple, well, two things. One, I also put a note on my own Facebook page about, you know, these are some things, actions you can take to demand justice in the Patrick Leoya case or in the death of Patrick Leoya. And like, there wasn't a whole lot of reaction. <laughs> Picture, you know, reactions to cute pictures of dogs, you know, through the roof. But not a lot of reaction to this. And it, when people, especially white people, are looking for concrete things they can do, that's something you can do. You know, New Detroit, the Lakeshore Ethnic Diversity Alliance, and Michigan Nonprofit Association, they've all put out action alerts on this. Um, but to share it and to actually take action and to demand justice, to release the name of the police officer, his name wasn't released still um, in, this, in this situation. But then also to, like, Interrogate your experiences. I think it's a good practice to think through, like, what would this have been like? What would my experience today have been like if I wasn't white? Because you know, immediately, it would have been different. Agreed. So, um, and we talked about this prior. I don't have a takeaway today. Um, and sometimes when we have this discussion, these discussions, um, I won't or you won't. Um, because there's nothing I could say to be like, Here's what we can be doing to help other folks change. Um, people's lives are at stake. So, yeah. um, driving while black is a thing, a real thing. Yeah, I don't have a takeaway. My takeaway is to that's be safe terrifying. out there. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's just to be safe. Like, because you could be doing something or you could be doing nothing, right? right. You're, just, you're just as at risk for doing nothing as you are if you are doing something. So I don't have one, I don't have a takeaway. I know um, with some of these situations recently, the, the only thing that has brought justice has been bystanders taking video of what's happening in the moment. And I think that's something that all people can do. I've also seen people pull over next to somebody who's being pulled over just to sit there and be witness. Um, and those kinds of actions can help and might even prevent, I think, having a witness, an active witness, I don't know. I don't know if they would prevent it, but 
I think that's also a tricky step too. I think that's tricky too. Um, we often in travel when we see people pulled over, if it's one cop car, eh, I mean, we take notice, but if there are multiple cop cars, we've done this a few times, there are multiple cop cars and it's one car and the person is black, we have like, I even recently like doubled back uh-huh. and not necessarily parked close, but close enough to see what's happening. Yeah. Um, just because they, if it is a contentious pullover and you're close, like, do you make this do me being black watching that happen make that that interaction worse? So, I, I think that's tricky too. I don't think me as a white person would make it worse. Okay. I think that's one of those use your privilege for good situations. I don't think it would make it worse if I, the white lady, pulls over and and is there. Yeah, so we hmm. so I don't know that I would advocate I, It's hard. It's, it's hard, right. Like, so it's, I, a, it's a dangerous situation. It's a dangerous situation. So I'm not saying don't bear witness, right? Like because I can tell you that I do. It makes it makes me nervous every time I see two, three cop cars and yeah. one car. Yeah. Um, I I typically do sit in like so I can see, but mm-hmm. not close enough where I'm like right up on it. That I mean that's just my stance because I don't want to make things worse. I also don't want to. You don't want to target right coming in your direction. So yeah, it's a it's a scary situation. No. All around. All right. Thanks for the conversation. If we sparked your mind, body, or spirit today on issues involving race, hit like, share it out, connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Got a question you'd like to see us tackle? Send us an email at antiracismforlunch at gmail.com. No hyphen. Thanks. We hope you'll join us again soon.